clouds rolling in off the East River bank Like a shroud It covers Bleecker Street Fills the alleys where men sleep Hides the shepherd from the sheep Voices leaking from a sad cafe Smiling faces Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gem City Gridiron Roundup Podcast. I am the Deputy Commissioner, sipping with the Sarge, Dalton Van Pelt. I am very happy once again to be bringing you guys this podcast. This one will be a full-length episode, and that makes me very happy. Start this off with some notes from the week. J.J. Watt suffers a torn pectoral muscle. This is very unfortunate for the Texans' defense, City of Houston, and J.J. Watt. This is now three out of the last four seasons in which his season has been ended by a season-ending injury. A torn pectoral is very difficult to come back from. This is a very grueling rehab process, and I can imagine it's going to take quite some time for his strength to come back, as that is such a large muscle, especially on that big of a human. I took a multi, multi, multi-hour detour on my way home on Sunday. I had to go to a funeral in Mitchell, South Dakota. Uh, On Saturday, it was 63 degrees in Mitchell. We left at around 1 o'clock and ended up in Deadwood where it was snowing, and it was about 33 degrees. By the next morning, it was 9. Then left Deadwood around 10.30, arrived on icy roads in Gillette at 2 o'clock, dropped up my father and his girlfriend, then started the trek to the southern part of the state. Finally got to Laramie by way of Douglas and Wheatland and Highway 31, I believe, Civil Canyon, to Laramie, the gem city, where this all started, at around 6 p.m. Once I dropped off my sisters at their house, I had to make a decision. I was trying to get to work on Monday, so I needed to get on the road. I was on my phone trying to find a route that I could get around the interstate. I-80 was closed. So I decided to take the 230, which dips into Colorado and goes at the foothills of the Snowy Range. This was one of the most wild driving experiences of my life. Going through the National Forest snow-packed roads, 35 miles an hour, very little traffic, which helped. I was actually kind of shocked no one else took this road to try to get down west, but then while I was doing it, I realized why no one else was doing it. My vehicle has now been in, it was in four-wheel drive the whole way from Gillette, the whole way from Deadwood. It was in four-wheel drive in order to solve that problem of the ice and snow. 
I finally made it home after two mountain driving passes. There just happened to be one exit on I-80, one entrance onto I-80 that was open. The one from Walcott Junction, which is exiting Saratoga, back to Rollins. So I finally got home around 12.30 at night. I unfortunately had to call off for work on Monday, but it was quite the experience. Uh, I spent 20 minutes sleeping on the side of the road in the mountains because I was getting very tired. I put on uh, around 2,000 miles in five days driving. So it was a grueling process the last five days. Uh, talking Wednesday to Sunday. I unfortunately didn't get to watch any football on Sunday. And honestly, this brings us to our next topic. My focus has been on the World Series lately. This baseball has been very fun to watch. This is the first year where I've really paid attention to the World Series. And it has been spectacular. Last night, it was game six, and for the first time in any major sport in a seven-game series, the road team has won the first six games. The Nationals took the first two, the Astros took the next three, and the Nationals won last night. I'll walk you through a very thrilling moment in this game as I finish watching from the sixth inning on after the gym. Seventh inning. One runner on at first. Trey Turner hits a chopper towards the mound. I believe it was the pitcher. Picks up the ball. Hurls it to first. Trey Turner is called out for interference. As the first baseman was shown to not be able to make a play on the ball because Trey Turner was running in the line of the path of the ball. This made manager, or skipper, which is more fun to say, Dave Martinez irate. He was losing his mind. They had to turn the audio from the bullpen, or excuse me, the dugout off, as all he kept saying, as you could read his lips, was bullshit. That was bullshit. Bullshit call. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. He got tossed after they brought it to review. And New York told the umpires that this play was unreviewable. So during the seventh inning stretch, Dave Martinez was tossed from the game. Before that happened, on the next play, Anthony Rendon steps up to the plate with Adam Eaton on first and smacks one into left field for a home run. This, at the time, gave the Nationals a 5-2 advantage, which would hold. They would finish the game with 7-2. and two. It was such a dramatic moment to go from the irate Nationals and the irate Nationals fans and the momentum shift that that caused because if the play had held, there would have been a runner on third and second and it would have been even juicier for Rendon stepping up to the plate. Well, he stepped up to the plate and he smacked it out of the park 
That took all the wind out of the sails of the Astros. It was a spectacular, emotion-filled sports moment. And it made me very excited. On that note, Steven Strasburg pitched a gem. Going eight and one-thirds innings. It was spectacular to watch. They could not hit off of him. Tune in for Game 7 tonight, 1808 on Fox. Scherzer versus Granke for the World Series, Game 7. I know I'll tune in. Tune into that after you listen to this podcast, which should be releasing this afternoon. I did tune in for three quarters of football this week, and it was the Dolphins-Steelers game. The Tank Bowl. Funny enough, when I turned this game on, I actually really wanted the Dolphins to win. When I tuned in, it was 14-0. Mason Rudolph looked like he was still forgetting all of his birthdays. and He just wasn't playing very good. So I was rooting for the Dolphins. Little Fitz magic. It just would have been a fun storyline if the Dolphins got their first win. I'm sorry, Zach. Steelers are bad. And that was literally all the football I watched this last weekend due to mountain drives and baseball and a funeral. But anyway, I'm back in Rollins. Things are back to normal. We're going to cut it to a short break. Then we're going to go over the news of the week. Stick around. And we're back. It's early in the morning. Well, it's past 11 at this point, but uh, still a little too early for whiskey and sipping with the Sarge since I'm going to the gym after I finish recording this. So I guess it's coffee with the commander this morning? I don't know. Matthew, Zach, let me know what you think about that. So I know you'll watch, or excuse me, this isn't a video. You're going to listen to this whole thing. Maybe you can think of something catchier when it's coffee. Anyway, let's jump into the news. It was the trade deadline on Tuesday at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. Before that, Kenyon Drake, wow. Kenyon Drake got moved to the Cardinals for a conditional 2026th round pick although it's kind of a mixed bag on what the pick actually is, whether it's a fifth or sixth. I'm guessing the conditional part is what determines whether it's a fifth or sixth round pick. The Giants traded for Leonard Williams. They sent a 2023rd and a 2021 fifth. Williams was previously a sixth overall pick in the 2015 draft. The Jets were very... Let's say 
unpleased with Williams' sack production and his pressure production. The Giants, however, see the upside, and they're probably going to want to pay him as uh, if they want to keep him. They gave up a little bit of capital for him. Uh, the Jets had had enough. Eh, whatever. It's kind of shocking to me the Jets traded him, but I guess he's not been very productive, and this is his fourth or fifth year in the league. Joe Flacco suffered a neck injury, a la Peyton. He's likely out five to six weeks, and while he's gone, Brandon Allen will make his first career start on Sunday. Let me reposition for a moment. My ass is starting to get a little tired. Do the rest of this podcast standing. Why not? See if I can get Mike to stand up straight. Nope, we're just going to hold it. All right. Ignore all of this. Brandon Allen will make his first career start on Sunday. Chase Edmonds will miss a few weeks with a hamstring injury. These always seem to have weeks of effect on guys. Hamstring injuries are horrible for the NFL, as we've known and noticed in recent history. Kyle Allen will get the nod once again, despite a lackluster performance against the 49ers. Let's be honest, who has done well against the Niners? That defense is stout. By the way, Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa respectively won the AFC and NFC Defensive Player of the Week. They also broke the Watt Brothers' sack total for one week. They had five. Cam Newton is still rehabbing his foot injury. I believe it's a Liz Frank injury, although I can't remember because it's been so many weeks since he went out exactly what it was. Matt Ryan is likely to play on Sunday after missing the Week 8 bout. Look for plenty of fantasy points from him as they will be trailing, as is customary with the Falcons, the Dirty Birds. David Johnson is likely out Thursday night against the Niners. Kenyon Drake will likely play a large role as the most talented, healthy Cards Rock toter. Although with lack of familiarity with the offense and a matchup against the Niners, I wouldn't start him. Probably a low-end flex play. There's got to be some better guys out there, better options. The Chargers have fired Ken Wisenhunt as their offensive coordinator. Look for the Chargers to have better offensive output for at least next week as a new voice will likely lead to motivated players. Anthony Lynn has got to be feeling the heat. After a stellar year last year, his team has lost a lot of heartbreakers. James Conner suffered an AC joint injury in his shoulder late in Monday night's game. I was unable to find any updates on this injury this morning. Check later in the week for more. Andy Dalton has been benched for Ryan Finley. The 2011 second-round pick has 2,200 yards, eight touchdowns, and seven picks. It might be nine touchdowns and eight picks. Fact check me. That apparently was not good enough for Zach Taylor. So they're moving on to Ryan Finley, the fourth rounder out of North Carolina State. We'll see how that shapes up. It's unfortunate for all the flex-worthy wide receivers the Bengals have been able to produce. Look for an uptick in productivity for Mixon and Bernard if the offensive line can stop pillow fighting with defenders. We'll wait and see after the bye. 
Hakeem Tlaib has been traded to the Dolphins. The Dolphins also receive a 2020 fifth-round pick. The Rams dump the contract as well as acquire a likely a late-round future pick. The only information we have currently is it's a future pick. The Rams just needed to make some room for Jalen Ramsey's monster deal to go along with Aaron Donald's monster deal, Jared Goff's monster deal, Brandon Cook's monster deal, and they're going to have to pay Cooper Cup, and Todd Gurley also has a monster deal. Lots of money flying in Los Angeles. Matthew posted a great meme about the Aqib Tlaib trade. If you haven't seen it already, check it out on the Facebook page. Xavier Howard has been placed on injured reserve, the standout cornerback for the Dolphins. Look for the Dolphins to reassert themselves as the 32nd ranked fantasy defense against wide receivers. If you had any concern about playing into Howard at all, you no longer have to worry until 2020. Dolphins hope to be a little better next year. We'll wait and see. Marquise Lee has been placed on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. D.D. Westbrook also suffered a shoulder injury on Sunday and is questionable for Week 9. Another receiver will make way as a viable flex option. Look for Chris Conley to be a viable starter this week. Trent Williams ends his holdout, but will still refuse to play football this year. What does that mean? Looks like an Anthony Davis situation, if you ask me. Patriots sign Nick Folk, formerly of the Cowboys and Jets. They do this after cutting longtime kicker Mike Nugent. And Mike Badgley will finally take over the kicking duties for the Chargers. He came into week one doubtful, and now it's week nine, and he's finally taken over. Brandon Cooks suffered another concussion and is seeing a specialist on the subject in Pittsburgh. It is likely that the Rams have him take a seat in week 10 following their bye. Look for him to be questionable for week 11 as well, if I had to guess. Concussions are a problem. Sterling Shepard is another one who has suffered multiple concussions this year, and the Giants will probably be very cautious with him going forward. Let's get into the matchups that mattered. Every week we break down the fantasy matchups. You all can research the NFL matchups on your own. Blaster ekes out one on Sunday night. He scored 36.6 points. Despite a goose egg from Kiki Cootie, he did not love Blaster. That is Kiki. Run CMC gets him the W. He reclaims second place with a 6-2 record. Look for next week as he plays in the Beer in Your Eye rivalry game versus our commissioner. It is the 2 versus the 3 seed. I know I will be watching this matchup very closely. You probably should as well. The Brink in this matchup only received 2.8 points from his flex, which sealed his fate. Playing Adrian Peterson and Nicole Hardman would have gotten him the win, as it was a very close matchup. Now 5-3 in the fourth position. He should have an easy matchup next week against Cole, as it is the 4 versus the 11 seed. It will be an upset if Cole takes this W. Next matchup, we had Bill and Pat. B 
Bill continues to be a genius with his starts and sits. Despite the Chase Edmonds injury, Jamal Williams' late touchdown, which was an excellent play. If you guys haven't seen that pass by Aaron Rodgers and the catch by Jamal Williams in the back corner of the end zone, have a gander. That touchdown came in clutch. Bill now goes to 5-3. and three. He is fifth-ranked fantasy owner, and he gets me next week. And that's probably a W. Pat drops his fifth in a row, a la Lucas Stewart. He lives and dies by Kyler, which didn't pay off this week, scoring him only 10. Tariq and Le'Veon didn't help either. He'll have to bounce back against the two-time champ next week. See how that goes for him. Sackett versus Dark Horse. Sackett gets the win 171.18 to 102.78. The first time I checked the scores, it looked very close. Although, Sunday and Monday night, it was over. Aaron Jones and James Conner went off. Next week is a must-win for Jubal Sackett as he looks to continue his hot streak and remain in playoff contention against Patrick Turn and the Sloppity Bile Pipers. Dark Horse continues to score 100 points. He'll catch someone sleeping this year. Watch out. It may be next week in Week 9 as Luke has a rough go of it with bye weeks. Watch that matchup closely as well. Matthew takes a 4-3 advantage in the Cali Bowl, forcing Zach, our commissioner, to change his team picture. Matt scores his most points ever, 195. This day was led by the mustache, Mike Evans, and his Butker trade acquisition, Latavius Murray, who is on a terror with the injury to Alvin Kamara. Look at me not handcuffing in the draft, and it's cost me so far. He'll have a tough matchup this week versus Big Mike, who's now 7-1. Matthew will for sure need another huge performance from his team in order to claim the W. The commission left two running backs on the bench. Both have been waiting to see all year. That is Devin Singletary and David Montgomery, which would have outscored his two starting running backs. But let's be honest, none of us would have started those two or either one of them over Chubb or Eckler. Maybe Eckler. But makes sense that he didn't start him. Zach needs some wide receiver help as uh, that also let him down this week. Hopefully for his sake, Devontae Adams comes back soon. Next matchup, Big Mike and Cole. Juju saves Big Mike from an upset. It was very close. 21 from Juju saved the day. At halftime, it looked like Cole was going to pull the upset. But Big Mike goes to a league best 7-1. He's taking on Matthew in Week 9. Monster game from Galladay. Wasn't enough for Cole to get the win. He faces Brinkman next week. Luke's running backs. Seal the deal against me as he gets great production out of Carson Mack and Gurley. The 49ers defense also a key to his victory, receiving 17 points from them. Luke moves into 8th place just inside the playoff hunt at 3-5. and five. I also drop 3 in a row, falling to 3-5, and five, and now in ninth place. I go up against my 11th floor Mack neighbor and his hot team, Bill. 
Look for him to get the clean up a W against my bruised and battered fantasy equivalent to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that makes Dark Horse the Dolphins. Luke takes on Dark Horse, and Dark Horse is most likely chance for a victory once again. Luke is forced to turn to a lineup of primarily Patriots and Colts as all of his Rams are on a bye. Looking at his roster, I quickly realized how dependent he is on three franchises. And that's kind of an interesting way to play the game. He's definitely not afraid of playing people who are all on the same team. Following a two-game winning streak, Luke, the villain of the Gem City Gridiron, is our interview this week. Let's get him on the line. Thanks, Luke, for joining me again. No problem. Second. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I figured it was time to bring you on again. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, walk me through getting two wins in a row after dropping five for you. I, to be honest, I, I think it's because of, uh, like, Big Mike's philosophy. Don't watch the games and you win. <laughs> I, literally... All the weeks that I've won, I didn't watch hardly any football. Really? Really. First week, didn't watch it because I was too busy. And then the week before this, I beat Patrick. I didn't watch, like, the, the early games, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then just, uh, Sunday, I, like, woke up, just set my lineups, and then I went back to bed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was still hungover. Fair enough. That's right, you were just telling me before we cut to this interview, you were partying in Dickinson over your days off. Yeah, so I think I'm done watching the early games. Oh, okay. Seems to be working. Did you just sleep through it, or? Or work through it, whatever. i got to work this weekend, so. Oh, gotcha. But this this week this week makes me nervous. Who are you playing? I, I forgot to check. I'm sorry, I'm terrible. Dark Horse. Oh, oh, this is the week when you got everybody on by. Yes, sir. <laughs> you made me totally forget why I chose you to interview. Besides the fact that you've knocked two, notched two victories in a row, you also have to play Dark Horse yeah. with a bunch of players on by. I'm a little nervous. Oof. You going to take any, yeah. you gonna do any free agent pickups? I mean, you probably shouldn't. Uh, no, this, this will release on Wednesday. So whatever you want to talk about is fair game. I think the only free agent I'm doing is just picking up another kicker. I might. I got Jacoby Myers in here. That's not a very good one. Who does he even play for? I'm lost. New England. Oh, yeah, they just – who did they just get? Uh, Muhammad Sanu. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, that's right. That was the receiver you had in there. Yeah, so right now, Dark Horse is projected like one point ahead of me, but I don't have a kicker in. Gotcha. Now, I was I was actually looking at the waiver wire. Um, if you want some help, there is a third-string wide receiver for Atlanta. I cannot remember his name, but he had nine targets on Sunday. Oh, no joke, huh? Yeah, and that might be I someone think- to look at. I was thinking about picking up fucking uh, Debo Samuels or uh, like I kind of want to pick up Pascal from Indy, but then, I mean, I got Brissett and Mack already from Indy, but then again, if I stick with it right now, I got three New England Patriots. Right. 
Maybe I'll pick up Renfro and throw him in there. You know, honestly, I don't think Renfro is going to repeat that performance. Yeah, probably not. He got lucky with that one. Let me let me get you this guy's name. I'm sure some other people noticed this, but I was looking through it today when I was at work bored. Uh, he goes by the name of Russell Gage. Russell Gage. Nine targets, seven catches, 58 yards. That might be that might be where it's at. You might be able to get that for cheap. Gage. Oh, he's on he's going on a bye week. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well I was trying to help. Never mind. Here's another option for you. Alan Lazard. Lazard from uh, Green Bay. He's playing the Chargers. Ooh. Or? I mean, D'Anthony Thomas is there, but I can't trust Darnold for nothing after he's seen ghosts. Yeah, Demarius Thomas. Demarius has had at least 40 yards in every game, um, so he'll basically get you between 7 and 12. Guaranteed. With old Darnold seeing ghosts, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, did any of these jokes get to you after you called out shots and then just bombed after that? No, and that, that's another reason I stopped talking shit. Cause I'm like, well, all these week I talked shit, I lost. I'm like, I might as well cool it down and, and see what happens. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you didn't take him personally. It was kind of funny. Oh, no, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was funny, the villain. Yes. <laughs> the league villain, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Have you been listening to the show? I can't tell how many people are listening. Uh, there's a couple that I missed because I was busy at work and forgot about mm-hmm. it, but I think I, the, where I left off was the Hall of Records one, and i got to catch up. I love that episode. I listened to it myself, even though I did a crappy job of editing about I don't know, an hour and 45 minutes into it, I missed a cut. But I really enjoyed that episode. It was a lot of fun to make. Yeah, I started listening to it at work while I was driving, and, and then I just got busy. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to finish that tomorrow. Now, her, how are... Go ahead, sorry. I said, boy, is it getting cold up here. I said, today the real feels like two degrees. That leads us into my next question, actually. How is How are the first couple weeks of winter treating you? Uh, I'm not ready. I went and bought a pair of regular coveralls just for me, for personal use. And I'm, I'm not ready for this winter. It came really quick. What was that? It came really quick. Oh, yeah. It honestly went from... I think we skipped fall. Yeah, we always do every year. This one just came a little quicker. And what they're saying, they're saying up here it's supposed to be a bad winter. I'm hoping it's not. Yeah, so you can actually get out and do some things. Right. And also you work outside, right? Yeah, yeah, I work outside. It's not going to be fun. No, I don't expect so. I mean, it doesn't matter how many layers you put on, how much, once that wind's blowing 30 mile an hour and you're already at negative 20, it's instant bone chilling. Absolutely. Not cool. 
It's two degrees outside here right now. Is that the real feel or, or normal? That's normal without the wind chill. I bet it's negative something. Dang, yeah, it says it feels like eight. It, it actually warmed up. It says it feels like eight because the wind died down a little bit. Oh, did it? Yeah, instead of 20, it's 10 miles an hour. No, I, I'm, I definitely know wind. <laughs> down here in Rollins. Yeah. Now, what's the lady life like for you up there in Dickinson, North Dakota? The lady life? Yeah. Um, what's, how, how do you put it? Uh, a man of one or a man of many? What's going on with you? Uh, it's, if they're there, you don't want it or something. I forgot how they keep saying it up here. You, you just don't want it. <laughs> gotcha. Because nine, nine times out of ten, they already got kids, and that's not what I'm, I'm not trying to play stepdaddy. But I've been talking to this one in Bismarck, but I mean, that's damn near three hours away. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bismarck, Fargo, on the eastern side of the state, you got a lot better options. But over here in the Bakken and the west side of the state, you don't want it. <laughs> Basically, you got to go to Canada, huh? Canada, Billings, Montana. You got to outsource your ladies around here. That's the same thing down here. You, you got to travel. It's a good thing you make plenty of money, so you can. Right, and I'm off every other week, so I got time. There you go. It's a good combination. Right. Now, taking it back to football a little bit, what do you expect? Or, excuse me, what week do you expect the Patriots to lose their first game? We ain't losing a game. You're not losing a game. We're undefeated Super Bowl champs. Oh, God. Here we go. We're we're going for that Dolphins record undefeated. We need to get get Cody Sackett on the line to see what he has to say to get an actual answer, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I think the, uh, the scariest one I would either say would probably be this week against Baltimore mm-hmm. or uh, what is it, two more weeks down the road when you got to play Kansas City. They're always tough. And Pat Mahomes will be back for that game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if Matt Moore was in, oh, it'd, be a, it'd be a clean sweep. But you never know with Patrick Mahomes. Right, right. But I'm... I'm really hoping we can go undefeated, but I think those are the two games that scare me the most. Yeah, I think the, I think this Sunday is going to be a great game. Yeah, it's, that's going to be a good one. Then again, you can't count out the Eagles either. Cowboys. Yeah, it's true. This, this part, this middle part of the season, these next five games are tough. But then our last three are just cakewalks. Right, right, and they could probably start their backup and do just fine. Right, old Stedham. Yep, yep. From Auburn, right? I think so. Yeah. Now, being as this is your second interview, is there anything we missed talking about with you last time that you wanted to touch on? Anything that's irking you? No. I can't think of anything from the last time. All right, cool. I just wanted to make sure, you know, because you got the platform here, so I wanted to make sure... There wasn't anything we missed. No. Uh, if, 
If there is, I can't think of anything right now. Would you want to play a fantasy Patriots guessing game? I've developed some questions. I think it'd be kind of fun to see how much you know about the Patriots. Oh, let's do it. All right. <clears throat> do you think Tom Brady is a top five fantasy quarterback so far this season? Top five? Um, no. What number do you think he is? Uh, I can tell you what it is because I was looking at it earlier. It's six. <laughs> it is six. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Good job. One for the one for the villain. <laughs> uh, who has more fantasy points this year, Sony Michelle or James White? Sony Michelle. Do you know how much by? I do not, but I just know he's got more touchdowns. One point one points. Oh no shit! Mm-hmm. Is that close? Yeah. Are either a fantasy starter a top twenty-four? Oh, Sony's a starter for sure. James White, definitely a flex. So, Sony comes in at 24 for the season so far, and James White comes in at 25. So, right on the cusp. You nailed it again. Man, I thought these were going to be a little harder. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the second highest scoring Patriots wide receiver in fantasy this year? It is Dorsett. Man, you're killing it. Edelman's one, Dorsett's two, and for wide receivers, maybe Josh Gordon. Sanu, uh, their recent addition, is actually two behind Dorsett currently. Really? Already? Yep. Oh, well, I guess if you count. Right, right, right. Yep. Uh, Do you know what number... Edelman is ranked at currently. Edelman? Yes. Uh, he's top 10, right? He is. Good job. Um, I'll take it. I can't remember if it's 8 or 9, but you nailed it. I was going to say 9, but... This one might be a little more challenging. How many okay. teams had more fantasy points than the Patriots defense already do this year Last year. Say that one more time. I know. That was terrible. Terrible question format. All right. So, the Patriots defense has obviously been exceptional this year. Number one. How many teams scored more points last year in fantasy defense than the Patriots have already scored this year? None. Close. One. The Bears. Yep. And they're only about 20 to 30 points behind them right now. So by next week, they could have outscored the Bears in just nine games. Or eight games. How many many more touchdowns does the Patriots defense have than uh, has been scored on them? I want to say four. Yep, I think it's seven seven to three or seven to four. Wow. Something like that. That's wild. I, I, I seen something earlier. I, it was a list, and it said the Patriots defense has more touchdowns than, like, DeAndre Hopkins, Le'Veon Bell, Julio Jones. Because, I mean, they got seven total. But they probably got more touchdowns than all those guys combined. Oh, yeah. It would, 
I've seen a list. I don't remember what it was. Can you name two of the Patriots' tight ends on their roster? Ben Watson and Tom Izzo? Something Izzo. Ooh, close. Finally, you missed one. Ryan Izzo. Ryan Izzo. Very close. I get a half a point? Yeah, it's a half a point. I mean, you're basically sweeping this whole thing. Uh-huh. Last one. You ready? Yep. Who is the Patriots' long snapper? Oh, I can't tell you that one. Really? <laughs> nah. Who is the Cowboys' long snapper? Not a clue. J.P. LaDouche. Uh, <laughs> He's okay. almost 40 now. Yeah, almost 40. He's been the Cowboys long snapper forever. Huh. Well, I guess they never get touched until they bring their head out. That's right. Well, they used to, but not anymore. Yeah, true. All right. That's it for that trivia. <coughs> what was that? You nailed it. Right. Uh, I think you only missed 1.5 points out of all that. One and a half. Yeah, that was exceptional. That was kind of fun. I think I'm going to do that with more people when I interview them the second time with their favorite teams. Yeah, that was good. I like that segment. <laughs> now, we'll get into a little bit of our uh, our league. Okay. Who are the eight playoff teams in our league this year? I know I'm, by, I'm like the cutoff. Okay. Big, big Mike is number one. Obviously, he's only lost one game. Uh... I'm sure Zach's in it. Did he beat Cole last night? Uh, Did he have Juju going against Cole last night? Yeah, Cole Cole lost last night. He must have had Juju, who ended up putting up 25, which was a shocker, because I turned that game off, and uh, Juju had about seven. I think the one I'm most surprised about is, is Bill. Yeah? Three. Wow. Goodness. Yep. So you think Bill, you think... Uh, yourself, you think Big Mike, Yeah. who else? I'll give you time to check your phone if uh, you need to. Um, I'm looking at it already. Oh, okay. Uh, Mike's one, Englert's two, okay. Zach's three, All right. Brinkman's four, okay. Stuart Brinkman. Yep. Chad, uh, Bill's five, Zach at six. And then yourself. Matt seven, and then I'm at eight. But you just gave me nine teams. Who's not making it? That's eight teams. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, math is hard. <laughs> so you yeah, think... I'm, I'm, like, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> so you think the eight that are in that spot now are going to finish as the top eight? Uh, no. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Sorry, I rephr- I phrased my question poorly once again. The eight that are in right now probably aren't all going to be there. Who do you think sneaks in? Um, Patrick, out of the four that are in the bottom, I think will sneak in and you probably take me. And I'm probably going to be the one who falls out just because my players are known for taking Sundays off. <laughs> I suppose so. So I think if anybody goes in, Patrick's going to go up and I'm going to go out. So you are the second lowest scoring team. 
this year. Just just behind Unsure Dark Horse. Yep, and just, just in front of Dark Horse. You have had the second least amount of points scored against you. Oh no, joke, huh? I never, I didn't get that close into it. Can you guess who the other person is? The one that's below you. Who's got scored less points on? Yep. Uh, oh, Big Mike. It is Big Mike. Nine ten to his one thousand one fifteen. And he is not our leading scorer. That belongs to our commissioner. Oh, gosh. The Cali householder picture's up. I just realized that. It was the Cali Bowl this week. There it is. That's What's up? Who's got the Cali picture on? Your brother. He lost the Cali Bowl this week to Matt. Oh, he did lose the Cali Bowl. Mm-hmm. Ha <laughs> sucker. <laughs> After I, I heard that in the thing, and I'm like, I don't know who this Cali is, so I was trying to look her up on Facebook, see what this is. <laughs> <laughs> now, out of those teams, out of the eight teams you presented, which was the top seven plus Patrick, who has a legitimate shot at the championship this year to you, in your eyes? To me, in my eyes, I think it uh, will be in the championship. Uh, Big Mike, and I hate to say it again, but Zach. So your brother. You're going to take your brother. I think they'll be in the championship, and I think Zach's going to fall short again. Mm. Two years in a row. He's going to fall short two years in a row. Big Mike's first year in the league, and he's going to take it. Damn. That'll be just like Pat all over again. Yeah. Pat won in his first year. That was his first year in the league? That was his first year playing fantasy. No shit. Yep. We touched on that in his last in uh, his interview. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know how many years I've been in. I think it's been four, four years? Um... I can check real quick. I don't remember how many years I've been in. I believe it's four. I believe it's four, but I can check. I think I started in 2015. Because I think I was, what, you guys started the league in 13? 14. Two years out. 14 we started it. 14, and maybe it's only three years. One second. I'm pretty sure I was two years. It's, you guys have the league for two years, and then I came out. I'm going through the Hall of Records right now to find the members section. You have been in the league since 2015. Oh, I was right. So this is your fifth year. Oh. Time goes by quick. I'm not OG, though. Not quite. Not quite, OG. One year off. Yep, in 2015, you and Bill were added, and that's when we expanded to 14 teams. And then we dropped down to 12 in 2016, I believe. And then we. 2015 was my best year. 15 or 16. And it's just been downhill from there. Shit happens. (laughs) 
Hey, I, I'm have a good draft pick next year. Though. Yeah, your your record is pretty good so far, still. Three and five. It's manageable. Well, I mean your your all time record. Oh, all time, isn't it like twenty six and twenty two or something? Oh man, I cannot remember. I was keeping track of that, and then I fell ba- behind a couple weeks, and uh, the winning percentages kind of went out the window. And now I got to do it all over again once the season's over because I lost track. Or I guess I could go ahead. I guess I wasn't counting this year so far. Oh okay, yeah, I was take I was keeping a running tally for myself because I find it interesting to see the winning percentages. And uh, you were just below your brother last time I looked at it. Yeah, I know I'm losing in the in the Dale and Brennan Bowl now. You finished third in 2015. Yeah, AJ Green. And then fourth in 2017. Oh, AJ Green screwed me that year. <laughs> Um, what the hell was I going to ask you? I totally just lost my train of thought. We got to talking about the Hall of Records. Um, oh man. Well, do you have any questions for me? Um, what's the, well, we all know what the craziest, uh, trade was out of these past couple days. What's your craziest move from free, or not free agency, but trade deadline we're talking about the nfl or yeah nfl um i was kind of shocked that leonard williams got traded to the giants uh i thought he was a really good player and they really didn't get a lot of compensation back but whatever that thought Kenyon drake going to the cardinals was a for what a sixth round draft pick or something like that it's a conditional sixth yep and then I seen the Patriots just released Mike Nugent and picked up Nick Falk. They did. Hmm. We didn't get Eifer. You did not get or was the were the Patriots looking at Eifert? Yeah, they didn't meet the deadline. Mm. Now I'm taking a look at my uh, roster for next week, and I am in just as bad a shape as you are. Yeah. Yeah. I have too many Bengals. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Did you pick up that Auden Tate? I did not. I have AJ Green and Joe Mixon, which AJ Green hasn't been playing anyway, but. Yeah, they benched his ass. Yeah. I basically have to play Ty Johnson this week, even though he's not the starter, because um, Kamara is on a bye. So I have to play Miles Sanders and Sony Michelle, and I might play Rudolph over Ty Johnson. We'll see. Well, no worries. Is Geist ever going to come back? Good question. Uh, he's been designated to return from injured reserve. This was tweeted yesterday. Ty Johnson isn't going to be the starting running back? He wasn't the starting running back this weekend. Who was starting? Um, hold on. I'll pull it up right now. Oh, McKissick? Nope. It was, uh, Trey Carson. Trey Carson? I didn't even know there was a third running back on the roster, to be honest with you. Right. Oh, it's, shit happens. Right. 
I dropped 400 on the fab to get Ty Johnson, hoping he was the starter because I really needed him. Yeah, I seen that. I was like, holy smokes. Let's see. Let's go to the Detroit Lions box score. And hopefully, hopefully no videos play with sound because that'll ruin this recording. Um, looks like Trey Carson had 12 carries for 34 yards, and although he didn't have any catches. Ty Johnson had seven carries for 25 and one carry for 13. I'm going to need Deontay Johnson to have another game like last night. Right? That was pretty impressive. Yeah, he did, he did pretty good. Against the hapless Dolphins. Yeah. Who gets I can't a, believe it when my buddy said that the Dolphins were up 14 nothing. I'm like, no way. <laughs> I actually turned on the game uh, last night right as they were up 14 nothing, and then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, and then the, they didn't win. Seven unanswered points. Yeah. Could not pull it out. <clears throat> now, the real question is, do I play Kenyon Drake this week with all the – Cardinals running backs all banged up. He is probably going to get the start. Says Drake seems poised to split work with Zach Zenner and Alfred Morris. Right. And it it's kind of a lot to ask of him to go in there and take the bulk of the workload right away. But, um, you know, he could be dynamic. You never know. Uh, Chase Edmonds obviously was super – Super dynamic, but they're playing San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, how did Bill know about playing Chase Edmonds? I don't know. That, uh, what, week seven? Yeah, he played him two weeks in a row. Yeah, I'm like, you are out of your mind. The first week he played both David Johnson and Chase Edmonds, and it worked out for him really well. Yeah, Chase Edmonds was 35. Because I was playing FanDuel and I put David Johnson in. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know he was limited like that. Well, no one did. But obviously, Bill knew something about it because he had, was that week seven? He had Edmonds in and. Johnson out. Johnson out. That would be very interesting to talk to Bill and see how he knew that that was going to be a good idea. Because I started David Johnson in another league thinking he was going to be just fine. Yeah, because they said David Johnson was active. It's fine, then. They wouldn't active. They wouldn't risk his his status on being, you know, their number one back and all. Right, right. They literally gave him one touch, and then Edmonds just tore it up after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have any other questions of me? Will I win the FanDuel $1 million this week? Ooh, what's your roster look like? On FanDuel, I haven't picked it yet. Oh, um, I'm gonna say no, just going with the odds. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> this Sunday, I had a lineup in, and at halftime during the games, I was in 113th place out of 300,000. Wow, that's pretty impressive. But then it, went, it went downhill from there. <laughs> and then it tanked. I went from winning 125 to 15 bucks real fast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate this interview. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We'll talk to you again. All right, Don. Take it easy.
The trenches where we only played for tips and alcohol You find out what you're made of when there ain't no gold or platinum on the wall And there's a few more like me who ain't afraid of fighting for the cause. And we're back. Let's wrap up this podcast with a couple segments. By a couple, I mean uh, one. <laughs> I was I was looking for some segments this week. Uh, I wanted to see who had the gutsiest play this week. Uh, Bill killed it again with his start, although. Nobody really sat a big-time player in relief of someone who had a better matchup. Odell Beckham Jr. was sat, which was smart, but he's been sat a lot this year, I feel like. So I really didn't count that as gutsy. Let's do the segment that I've noticed Zachary really likes, as he did a little something for us. It is the Test My Metal segment. Bear with me a moment as I pull up the stats I was looking for. This episode is brought to you by Coffee and Folgers. All right. So like I said, Zachary has really enjoyed this segment as he has taken the time to document all of my picks and see how well I did against the experts. So far, I'm doing pretty well total of 16 and 28 not one week have i gotten less than two in week one i got three correctly predicting matt ryan brandon cooks and oj howard and in week four i also got three up against mike clay which i thought was going to be my most challenging one getting aaron jones tyler lockett and greg olson correct last week we went up against the consensus this week we are once again taking on matthew berry who i took on in week one it's a tough week. I mostly agree with Matthew Barry on his top 12 predictions. So I'm just going to make some bold calls. Some guys, you know, that have lit up the scoreboards this year. No further ado for quarterback. Deshaun Watson will not be a top 12 quarterback. Running back. Le'Veon Bell will not be a top 12 running back. Wide receiver. Although I really struggled with this one because I think I'm wrong. But Keenan Allen will not be a top 12 wide receiver. If he bounces back, great. Uh, I don't see it this week. And tight end. Another bold one. Evan Ingram will not be a top 12 tight end this week. Those are my predictions. Zachary, chalk them down. Watch out for the bye weeks this week, gentlemen. Falcons, Bengals, Rams, and Saints. One last thing I wanted to touch on is another big, excuse me, another big spender as Big Mike drops $350. Let me make sure. Yep, $350 on Mark Walton, despite his ineffective performance against the Steelers. Zach also picks up Baker Mayfield for $11. And Sackett gets Chris Conley for $3. What a great pickup. I wish uh, I would have actually paid attention to football this week because I probably would have put in a better bid than that. Good for you. 
One last thing I wanted to touch on. Uh, a couple weeks back, I mentioned the NFL Throwback YouTube channel. Uh, a week ago, they posted a new one, and it is the History of the NFL Rules. I found this a very interesting watch. I watched it this morning before I recorded this podcast. I will drop the link in the in the description when I post this to Facebook. All right, gentlemen, good luck. And I'm excited to see the matchups this week. Take it easy. We'll talk to you next week with another episode of the Gem City Gridiron Roundup Podcast. Goodbye. It's that 9-5 shit right here. Take them back to the 90s. Okay, now take a trip inside my mind like you was off the Venice. It's me and B.I.G. L.M.B.O. cooking like chemists. Take them back to way back when like Dennis the Menace. Causing mayhem on the come up like a young apprentice. Smoking weed and getting higher than a flight attendant. Hip-hop descendant, go Jesus on my penis. Gotta pull it out for everyone that's in attendance. Okay, back in the day as a college park tenant. Still can't believe I didn't get a shorty pregnant. Man, that's the definition of a life sentence. A whole lot of beef, no bread, no lettuce. Cause I couldn't keep it in my briefs. Man, that's pathetic Fuck all that back and forth This ain't a game of tennis I be in my motherfucking chamber like the Senate Scared to go outside But I know I can't prevent it I'm forever alone in my mind See, I'm a self-diagnosed hypochondriac Either at the crib Or on the tour buses Where you find me at, yeah I know that I'm living like I got it Okay, yeah But I swear that I'm not that neurotic Over here Over here Over here Over here Over here Over here Over Young cannibal, eat whack MCs like Hannibal. Cause Joe Pesci's my spirit animal. Over here, 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 over